0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 12, 2014. Today we're reading from the big book and we are on page 116, starting with paragraph one. There is another. Today's readers are the 12 steps to the the Twelve Traditions, Joanne L. Readers of the Text, Amy G., Marie P., Diane B. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, August eleventh, 2014, is 6742, 6742. OA Preamble, is Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sue V to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everybody. My name is Sue V, recovered compulsive overeater in Connecticut. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had unmanageable. Step two, came to believe their power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a
1: searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step
0: seven, humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step eleven, thought prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Thank you. I will now ask Joanne L. to read
2: the 12 traditions. Thank you, Melody. Melanie, this is Joanne L. from New Jersey, Recovered for today. The 12 Traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group what never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose.
0: Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 116, paragraph one. There is another that will continue over to the top five lines on page 117, ending with, you can possibly. I will ask Amy G. to begin reading.
1: Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered from Maryland. Page 116, first full paragraph. There is another paralyzing fear. You may be afraid your husband will lose his position. You are thinking of the disgrace and hard times which befall you and the children. This experience may come to you, or you may have already had it several times. Should it happen again, regard it in a different light. Maybe it will prove to be a blessing. It may convince your husband he wants to stop drinking forever. And now you know that he can stop if he will. Time after time, this apparent calamity has been a boon to us, for it opened up a path which led to the discovery of God. We have elsewhere remarked how much better life is when lived on a spiritual plane. If God can solve the age-old riddle of alcoholism, he can solve your problems too. We wives found that like everybody else we were afflicted with pride self-pity vanity and all the things which go to make up the self-centered person and we were not above selfishness or dishonesty as our husbands began to apply the spiritual principles in our lives in their lives we began to see the desirability of doing so too at first some of us did not believe we needed this help we thought on the whole we were pretty good women capable of being nicer if our husband stopped drinking. But it was a silly idea that we were too good to need God. Now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives. When we do that, we find it solves our problems too. The ensuing lack of fear, worry, and hurt feelings is a wonderful thing. We urge you to try our program, for nothing will be so helpful to your husband as a radically changed attitude toward him, which God will show you how to have. Go along with your husband if you possibly can. Wow, there's a lot in those paragraphs, but what I will focus on for now is this idea of the fear, the paralyzing fear of what alcoholism does in a home. It doesn't just affect the alcoholic, as we've talked about over the last few days. It's the... A tornado that wreaks havoc through the entire family and for those that are you know married to an alcoholic or you know been in an alcoholic family there are these fears one of which is security you know will we be supported will we have support financially will you know the husband lose the job for many of us you know who have been in alcoholics homes we have had this fear and the beauty of this program and the hope that they're giving us, you know, in this in this in this paragraph, these few paragraphs, is the idea that sometimes these things have to happen. And it's a boon. They actually call it a boon, which sounds amazing. How can it be a boon, you know, where your husband or your significant other or your parent, you know, loses their job? Because what we've talked about in these first pages prior, these these chapters prior to this, is that we have to be pretty badly main disease before we hit bottom and are willing. I can speak from my own experience that it it had to be be at a point. I was willing to admit powerlessness, that I was truly powerless of this disease and that if I, of myself alone, would never recover unless I sought the help and the solution that is offered through the 12 steps of this program. It took many, many of these hits over the head to be able to finally say, I give up, show me the way, and start working like my life depended on it. And this is some of the circumstances that we have to go through, and it's difficult and it's scary. But in the next paragraph, they go ahead and they say, ah, but we have a solution also For the person who is in the life of the alcoholic, who is in the life of the compulsive overeater, who is in the family, who is a significant other, We have, I mean, I always used to laugh. I've heard it in the rooms and I've said it myself. There should be an anybody's anonymous because these 12 steps have the power to transform anyone's lives if we're willing to work the steps. And if we're going to go through this experience with a compulsive overreader or with an alcoholic, how are we going to go through them without these paralyzing fears? And who says we get away with not being selfish or self-centered ourselves or that we're not pretty badly mangled as well? And we go, they go through it. Who says we don't have our own self-centeredness, our own, our own self-pity, our own destructive mannerisms? And you know, again I hear in the rooms often and uh, many 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 times bless them change me. And I found that in the rooms that you know not only I was a compulsive overeater and I hated to judge others in my family but it was pretty clear that my family was reeked with a myriad of different addictions and diseases. And I found that I myself was not only powerless over my own disease compulsive overeating but I was just powerless over theirs as well. And that I better get about the business of getting self and let God take care of them, and work with God on me. Because if not, I was going to die of this disease, and I couldn't help anybody else if I didn't even get better myself. So I had to focus on what it is that I needed to change in me, and what I needed to do in And this is awesome. Now, Lois, Bill's wife, I don't know if she actually wrote this, or i guess is she got some pretty good input. Maybe those who know the history more of this chapter, um, you know, maybe I'll give more input on that. But my guess is she had quite a bit of input on this, trying to give hope to the wife or the significant other of the alcoholic. And I like to think that the promises of the person of the alcoholic are given in this third paragraph that says, when we do that, we find it solves our problems too. When we do what? When we work the 12 steps, when we find a higher power, when we use these spiritual principles in our lives. And it says, when we do that, we find it solves our problems too. The ensuing lack of fear, worry, and hurt feelings is a wonderful thing. We urge you to try our program, for nothing will be so helpful to your husband as the radically changed attitude toward him, which God will show you how to have. Who shows us how to have radically changed feelings? Who shows us, who gives us the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from compulsive overeating? It is God, it is a higher power, it is the principles of these. 12 steps it's what gives us the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery for the compulsive overeater and sufficient to bring the transformation for the others to let go and let the compulsive overeaters hit bottom as they need to to recover and have the strength and the will to go through it with them but be at peace themselves i mean those are incredible promises um that's enough out of me thanks for letting me share and with that i'll pass
0: Thank you, Amy. Who would like to comment on what was read this morning? Miriam. Ella, I share? I want to make sure that I heard in line correctly, and I believe that I heard somebody by the name of Rachel and Miriam and Bella, is that correct? Anne?
1: Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: Rachel,
0: okay, let's go with I, those three I for now, call. and we'll catch up with the other ones as we can.
4: I don't know if I was before before after Rachel, but I did call Melanie, Miriam.
0: Okay, good. Great. I did catch you, too. So I have Rachel, Miriam, and Bella, and I know there were a couple of others, but we'll catch you just after. Good morning, Rachel.
5: Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. This is Rachel. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic. And I just want to give testimony to, to this um, beautiful words we it was a silly idea that we were too good to meet god and and in my life i I couldn't believe how much uh worry, fear, and hurt feelings were a destroying factor in my marriage and and thank God, as I have done the steps that my marriage has changed and and my husband has also picked up these tools and and like it says, I'll only flip it over instead of the wife to the husband, how much he has been helpful to me by a changed attitude towards me when he faces his fears and worry and hurt feelings. And and like this this says it's just a wonderful thing. And I'll pass with that. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Miriam.
4: Yes, thanks, Melanie. This is Miriam uh, calling from Israel, a compulsive overreader, living in the solution one day at a time. Wow, I think this is a really wonderful, wonderful uh, reading. Uh, you know, it shows really, uh, you know, the 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 problem with human kindness. That you know, it's all not only us that that has a problem, but it's really. You know, this program really gives a solution for any problem in, in in this life. I mean, who who doesn't need a higher power in their life? I mean, I don't know. I mean, may, maybe for a long time we're not aware and we're, we are in denial or whatever. But, yeah, I I like this paragraph that it says, there's another paralyzing fear. You may be afraid your husband will lose his position. You're thinking of the disgrace and hard time which will befall you and the children. Well, this shows again and again, you know, how powerless we are about our lives and about the lives of other people. We don't know anything. You know, this person can lose his job, not even uh, related to to alcoholism. It could be related to to anything. Uh, we we have no control whatsoever, and you know that's one of the biggest problems of an addict that we want to really be in control. We're so afraid of everything that we want to be in control, but when we go through the process, and thanks God, you know, we we go through the steps, uh, it's it's a gradual, you know, uh, defeat for the ego and, and a connection to a higher power, and, you know, even when we get a, a spiritual awakening, the, the process uh, continues for life one day at a time. And uh, yeah, I I come from the two sides in a way because I I come from a family that you know they my parents were addicts to different things, and and you know I'm an addict myself and and uh, you know it's very easy sometimes to um, to say oh I am in the program and I can. You know, I'm able to control everything and I know everything and all the rest. I believe it has to be really the opposite. You know, being a problem, it needs to be more and more humble all the time and, and to say, you know, just for the grace of God, you know, I, I would pray for this person or I would, you know, try to give a good example or whatever because really I'm not in control of everything. So at the end of the day, you know, programs tell us that the main thing, It's to be in contact contact with God and this is what it's all about. We have to bring God in our lives in every, every situation because otherwise we're just powerless. Thanks so much and I pass.
0: Thank you, Miriam. Bella, good morning.
6: Good morning. My name is Bella and I'm a thankful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you, Melanie, for doing this service and thank you very much everybody on the line. Wow, I love these paragraphs. They are so much, and they have so much in them. Um, I will talk about better life on a spiritual plane. Yes, before program, I knew that there is God, but I didn't live on a spiritual plane. I lived on Bella's powers, Plan. I believed in my power. I believed in my ego. I believed in my knowledge. And yes, I had so much fear because I thought and I believed that I am the driver. And I, you know, people have to live according to what I want, according to to what I think, because I thought that I know everything all the time better than others. Yes, I had fear. I had fear because not all the time life just went according to my will, and I just judged and blamed myself for others. I was with fear I didn't believe that I could one day live fearless person and thank you God now that I am in the program yes I discover God I discover the connection the beautiful connection between myself and God yes I am connected to God I can live free I don't I don't have the fear I know that I am responsible to my own self. I am not responsible for the outcomes. And I want to finish with a very nice sentence that I heard lately. Don't tell God how big are your problems. Tell your problems how big is God. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you,
0: Bella. Who would like to share next on what was read today? Sally. Hi Sally. Good morning. Go ahead. Thank you Melanie. This is Sally A. Um, we covered compulsive overeater in South Jersey and I would love to share on uh, this, this the fact that they bring up the word calamity. I always love this word calamity. We never use the word calamity anymore. We use catastrophic events and other things like that. but. Here, it's telling us on page 16, and now you know that, we, that he can stop, if he will, time after time, this apparent calamity. And, of course, they're referring to uh, the top of the paragraph. Um, there is another paralyzing fear. You may be afraid your husband will lose his position. You are thinking of the disgrace and hard times which will befall you and your children. So there's the calamity. So here when it talks about the calamity, first of all, I was reminded about um, Bill's you know, Bill's clamors, his worldly clamors on page 13, and, and on Fritz's uh, calamities on page 56 that led him to become unblocked. And I thought, this is so beautiful. Here they're telling us that the calamity, well, let's see what it says here. It says, time after time, this apparent calamity has been a boon to us, for it opened up a path which led to the discovery of God. This amazes me, because here, instead of telling us how the calamity leads to being blocked from God, as it does on page 13 with clamors, Bill's clamors and Fritz's uh, calamities on page 56, but here they're telling us that the apparent calamity has been a boon to us, that these these things that, that could block us from our higher power, in effect, they open up a pathway and lead us to discovery of God. And the reason is because we come to the end of ourselves. We run out of solutions in ourselves because of the calamities they actually they become the blessing for us these same calamities that blocked us at other places in this book are what actually lead us in a path right to discovery of god because it leads us to the end of self the other thing I wanted to say is we have elsewhere remarked how much better life is when lived on a spiritual plane. If God can solve the age-old riddle of alcoholism, he can solve your problems too. And I want to direct your attention to page 22 because that's where the age-old riddle is also discussed. On page 22, in the middle of the page, it gives all, a lot of the whys. Why does he behave like this? If hundreds of experiences shown, up, shown him that one drink means another debacle with all its attendant suffering and humiliation, why is it he takes that one drink? Why can't he stay on the water wagon? What has become of the common sense and willpower that he will sometimes display with respect to other matters? It goes on to say in the next paragraph, we cannot answer the riddle. And so here on page 116, if God can solve the age-old riddle, of alcoholism. If God, since God solved the riddle in my life, because I had this question flowing in my brain for so many years, what will stop me from eating? I mean, I did try everything out there. I tried it twice. I did Jenny Craig twice. I did Weight Watchers twice, I did 08, in and out, in and out, because I got frustrated and said, this isn't working. And that's a frightening thing for me to have to admit for many years, 29 years before I found the big book studies that led me to the healing that I have come to this point. For me to say, oh, my goodness, the last house on the block isn't going to work. And it wasn't until I found the tent in the backyard with a bunch of people studying a big book that I realized, That's the solution. That's the answer to the riddle. And the the riddle, the answer to the riddle
7: is not studying the big book. It's finding in these pages
0: that God is the answer. What a miracle. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sally. Who else would like to comment on what was read? This is Nicole. Could I share? Yes, Nicole, please. Leah. I will take Nicole and then Leah after that, and then we'll move on. Thank you.
8: Um, My name's Nicole. I'm a compulsive overeater from Colorado. Um, Recovered for today. And um, what stood out to me on here is um, where it says, we urge you to try our program for nothing will be so helpful to your husband and the radically changed attitude toward him, which God will show you how to have. And, um, just you know my my husband isn't an addict, but um I think that that principle is just um, so applicable that when I work my program and when I let God change my attitude and when let when I give things to God and let him be in charge of my life and ask him for wisdom and how to be the best I can be for those around me um it it does nothing but but help my marriage and um, make things better between between myself and and those around me. And um, it seems like such a simple thing, <laughs> but for me it's it's sometimes so difficult to just, um, you know let God show me the attitude that I need to have and um, let God change my attitude and, and my thinking. And um, you know, and have to I have to work my program. And as so many people say, you know, freedom isn't free, and um, a price had to be paid, and that's the, you know, absolute, um, you know, just smashing my self-will of, every day and letting God be in charge um, of my life. So um, that's all I have to share. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Nicole. Leah, you're next.
9: Thank you, Mel. Thanks so much. Uh, this statement here, we found... We wives found that, like everyone else, we were afflicted with pride, self-pity, vanity, and all the things which go to make up the self-centered person. And, uh, you know, that's so true. I mean, the disease, you know, affects everybody in the family. You know, uh, it aggravates the defects in other people. So, um, you know... The alcoholic has no monopoly on the problem of self. <laughs> Compulsive overeaters, they don't have a monopoly on the problem of self. You know, everybody uh, can be um, blocked by the, of the sunlight by those um, defects of character. So deep as uh, the love is of the wives or, you know, husbands, um, you know, it's also possessive. It also has a tendency to control and manipulate. So, you know, everybody needs God in their lives. Uh, You know, it goes on to say now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives. And every one of these 12 steps helps us, whether we're the compulsive overeater or the loved one of a compulsive overeater, etc. Every one of these 12 steps can help us break patterns, you know, by their use. Because by the using of these steps, by pressing into these steps each and every day, we have an opportunity to identify and eliminate those attitudes and beliefs and behaviors that keep us from experiencing God, that keep us from experiencing recovery. You know, most people uh, don't know (laughs) or don't think that we continue on this path of growth our whole lives. I mean, this is not just about initial sobriety or initial abstinence and overcoming the more glaring and damaging things in our lives, or that we make these initial changes in our recovery process and that our lives become wonderful and that we go on and do something else. (laughs) I mean, I had bigger dreams for myself than to be on a phone line every morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. I really, really did. But there are things we have continued to hold on to that are going to become objectionable to us as we trudge this road. And these principles that it talks about in the statement, now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives, now these principles um, are about so much more than not compulsive overeating. They continue all our lives. We thread, through, thread them through the tapestry of every facet of our lives to increase the quality of our life. And we can live better than most people ever dreamed possible. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Moving on, please. Marie P., would you read on page 117 the three
5: remaining paragraphs?
0: Marie P., would you press star
10: 1 to unmute yourself? I'm sorry. I thought I was unmuted. Uh, This is Marie P., a compulsive overeater, recovered. If you and your husband find a solution for the pressing problems of drink, you are, of course, going to be very happy. But all problems will not be solved at once. Seed has started to sprout. In a new soil but growth has only begun in spite of your newfound happiness there will be ups and downs many of the old problems will still be with you this is as it should be the faith and sincerity of both you and your husband will be put to a test these workouts should be regarded as part of your education for thus you will be learning to live You will make mistakes, but if you are in earnest, they will not drag you down. Instead, you will capitalize them. A better way of life will emerge when they are overcome. Some of the snags you will encounter are irritation, hurt feelings, and resentments. Your husband will sometimes be unreasonable, and you will want to criticize. Starting from a speck on the domestic horizon – Great thunderclouds of dispute may gather. These family dissensions are very dangerous, especially to your husband. Often you must carry the burden of avoiding them and keeping them under control. Never forget that resentment is a deadly hazard to an alcoholic. We do not mean that you have to agree with your husband whenever there is an honest difference of opinion just be careful not to disagree in a resentful or critical spirit. Uh I find much of this very very pertinent um but all problems will be not will not be solved at once. That's that's very important because I have found that um I I have recovered but I still have problems that I have to work on and um uh they will be solved but but in time um uh, i'm reading here uh thus for thus you will be re- this will be regarded as your education. Uh, you will be learning to live you will make mistakes but if you are earnest they will not drag you down that is so true i've had i've had to realize as as recent as this morning that i have other compulsions besides besides food and they were dragging me down and my realization was that i have to work steps 10 and 11 much harder than I've already been working it because I have more problems than I even realized. Um, And when we we do not agree with what our husbands say or they do not agree with what we say, it is very important to be uh, kind about our reaction to them. I know if I get unkind, and then he will get unkind, and it will get worse and worse. And and one of us has to know enough to stop. And right now, I'm the one that's recovered. It has to be me. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Marie. Who would like to comment on what was read? Katie Lee from Boston. This is Paula. I did hear Sarah W., I did hear Paula, I did hear Larry, anybody else, Katie Kim, Katie G, G., and Kim, let's see if I got that, Sarah H. New York,
1: if we have time, Katie from Boston,
0: I have Sarah, I have Paula, I have Larry. I have Katie G., Kim, and Sheila. We won't get to everybody, but let's start with Sarah. Good morning, Sarah.
3: Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sarah W. from Iowa right now in Florida. Um, I'm a very grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, just really enjoying um, reading to the wives. Just wanted to uh, to let you all know that. I wanted to kind of draw um, a connection to page 80, 82 and 83 um, in, in this, uh, what we're reading right now, um, you know, the idea that it has to be um, that faith and sincerity of both you and your husband will be put to, to the test. And I think uh, Marie spoke very eloquently about that, Um you know really, uh, the tenth step really does need to come into play and on page eighty three it talks about with the 9th step, you know there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. And you know uh, the alcoholic or the compulsive overeater has created a lot of damage. It is very painful to the family, not only to the to the to the partner, but it also creates a lot of damage to the children. And, um, you know, I, I like to read, you know, that I'm like a tornado roaring through the lives of others, um, that my selfish and inconsiderate habits have kept the home in turmoil. We feel a man unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. And I think those words are really words that I need to heed. Um, I'm, I'm in my, my father's home right now. And um, it's it's a very sick home. And um, I was thinking today um, how it's so important for me to remember that, um, that it's not how other people act, that it really comes down to being able to look ourselves in the mirror with God's help, uh, utilizing that strength we get from our higher power. And to really do the next right thing, no matter what other people are doing, and that means husband, that means friends, that means family, and so that's what I'm choosing today to do is to use my tenth and eleventh step to help me work through um, a very unhealthy situation and take care of myself, but at the same time be loving, and you know the the you know the the prayer. Um, for the family, you know, the the prayer for the husband, the prayer for the people that's on page 83. So we clean house with family asking each morning in meditation that our creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. Um, And, you know, truly it is the way to live, you know, the way to live and find serenity and peace in the midst of the storm and also so I can I can avoid making any more storms. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank
11: you, Sarah. Paula D? Good morning. Sorry about that. I am here, Paula D, and thank you, Melanie. I'm going to say on a couple of sentences here. Seed has started to sprout in a new soil, but growth has only begun. I want to stop there just for a moment. I have a little granddaughter. She's been with me all summer, and we planted seeds. Not a big thing, you say. You wouldn't think so if you watched us when that seed started to sprout. We could see that little green thing, just the beginning, how excited we were. How excited But we needed to continue to take care of this plant, this beautiful tomato plant. By the way, now it has come to the place that it has given us tomatoes. In spite of your newfound happiness, there will be ups and downs. Moving on to the next sentence. Did I not know that? No, because I am coming out of a place where I was delusionally thinking. But now I come to the reality of life. Does it not say on 130? Those of us who have much spent much time in the world of spiritual make-believe, I was always in make-believe, have eventually seen the childness of it. This dream world has been replaced by a great sense of purpose, accompanied by a growing consciousness of the power of God in our lives, there will be ups and downs. Many of the old problems will still be with you. This is as it should be. I wasn't sure on that last line. This is as it should be. Well, that's life. It is life. There will be ups and downs. And I just want to go to a, for a moment to the beginning of the book and with Bill's story and see where we see what here. The joy of living we really have even under pressure and difficulty. I have seen hundreds of families set their feet in the path. They're a beginning that really goes somewhere. I've seen the most impossible domestic situations righted, feuds and bitterness of all sorts wiped out. I have seen men come out of asylums and resume a vital place in the lives of their families and communities. This is what it says here. It comes together. This is what is happening. The family is coming together. You know, on the Alaska Award, and I'm just going to stop here, but at the end of the book. So we went to the beginning. Now may I go to the end. On the Alaska Award that was awarded in 1951. I'm not going to read it all, though it all should be read. Historians may one day recognize Alcoholics Anonymous to have been a great venture in social pioneering, which forged a new instrument for social action, a new therapy not known before, based on the kinship, look at that word, of common suffering, common suffering, family suffered, yes, one having a vast potential for the married other ills of mankind. Where does it stop? Carry the message. And it won't. Thank you for allowing me to share.
12: With that, I do pass.
0: Thank you, Larry from Chicago. Good
12: morning, <clears throat> Melanie. Thanks so much, um, Larry. Recovered compulsive over here from Chicago. You know, I'll, I'll I'll zero in on on the resentment um, piece of this this paragraph. You know, resentment is is a killer. It was for me. See, when, first, when, when when other people withdraw love from us, you know, we develop resentment. You know, I, I, mean, I mean, after all, we don't deserve unfair treatment. And we do, you know, as human beings, we require love. Not, not you know, from all, but at least from some. So resentment occurs when anger not only comes to visit us, but, you know, it, it sits down in our hearts, you know, and it it takes off its... It's stinky shoes, and it makes itself too much at home. And, and, you know, after a while, we don't know how to ask it to leave. You know, I needed God through this process to allow, you know, this transformation where resentment could leave. And, And although some anger might be good, you know, persistent and intensive anger that is resentment is, I mean, it's clearly not healthy you know, it, it can distort in the short run how we think, you know, as we dwell you know, on the negative, what we think, you know, as we have specific condemning thought. <clears throat> I know that was true for me. And of course, you know, because all action is born in thought, it affects, resentment affects how we act. You know, it, it reduces our will to act in a, you know, in a certain way. And, um, The the second part of this is, you know, as we continually, you know, live with love withdrawn from us and then consequently, I mean, we have that resulting resentment, you know, and then we have the the negative thinking, the negative patterns of thinking, condemning thoughts, acting poorly. You know, what happened to me is I kind of settled into a kind of long-term distortion of who that love withdrawn person is. And, and who I was myself, and who people were in general. So, you know, with resentment, the basic issue here for me and what God has helped restore, the basic basic issue is that once love, love is withdrawn from us, we can begin to withdraw a sense of worth toward the one, you know, that hurt us. And and, and the conclusion is that he or she is worth. And over time, what happened to me is we can drift into a sort of dangerous conclusion that I, too, am worthless. I mean, after all, others have withdrawn love from me. And I've, you know, concluded that I lack worth. So, therefore, I do lack worth. You know, and I, and I, and I withdraw into that place. So, resentment is a killer in that sense. And this this program is the only thing. This transformation is the only thing that restored me to my true nature, a loving human being. That's what I always was. That's what I was born as. I just didn't have access to that power source. These steps provided access. The fact that I don't struggle in food, that's just, you know, that's that's wonderful. But that's beside the point. As it was mentioned, there's so many other changes that come as a result of this program. I don't try to control anyone or anything. I'm responsible for myself. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you. Katie G., you're next. Good morning.
7: Good morning, Melanie. This is Katie G., recovered from Boston, Mass., grateful to be here absent and sober living in recovery a day at a time. And um, I just was so grateful to read this paragraph. The faith and sincerity of both you and your husband will be put to test. These workouts should be regarded as part of your education, for thus you are learning to live. You will make mistakes. Hey, what, Katie G., you're going to make mistakes. And I love this reminder, because you know what, guys? I am recovered, thank you, God. from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. But if anyone talks to me regularly knows, I make mistakes. But guess what? I can avoid self-pity and victimization and hating myself. I can earnestly allow them to not drag me down. I can do a tent. I can call someone. I can say, guess what? I was a total jerk or guess what? I, I didn't do this well. I had a reaction. I didn't respond. <clears throat> and my friends my fellows tell me, okay, Katie, let's go through, let's do the turnarounds and go capitalize on them, right? Like um, I was in a job and um, they, at the midterm, they were, um, they were failing me. And we did this evaluation and guess what I said to them? Like when, I, when they first told me that, I just shut my mouth. But I went back in and I said, thank you. I, you know, I regret that I have not been the kind of employee that you need me to be. How can I get better? And you know what they said to me? They said to me at the end of the semester, not only did I do well, thank you God, but also that they never met someone who had welcomed their feedback. Instead of getting defensive, they had welcomed their feedback. And I would love to be on this line and say that's because KDG has, like, the best program and blah, 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 but it's not. It's because, like Pavlov's dog, I know that when I'm disturbed internally, I have a workout that I need to do. And it's not to go rehearse the issue over and over again. It's to get on my knees, do the turnarounds, and see what is my role. How can I get a desperately needed perspective change? And what is this opportunity that God gives me? You know, when I'm experiencing irritation and hurt feelings and resentment, do I need to, like, shove other people's face in it? Or can I do a turnaround and see, okay, well, Katie, are you, making, are you taking it personally? Are you trying to read their minds? Are you picking a fight with them? These are all things that go on in my internal life. And thank you, God, as the result of working these steps and staying abstinent and recovered a day at a time, I have the privilege of getting, like, many master's level and PhD level education on how to live life. Because guess what? I don't know how. I have lived my life relating to food, uh, relating to my body weight, relating to hostages. I don't know how to have right relations. And these workouts that we're given are to put my hand back in God and say, okay, God, I am I'm angry right now, but I am willing to see this differently. Help me to do the work, do the turnaround, and move forward as you want me to move forward. And that is a distinct privilege. And I don't always feel it. But let me tell you, it is amazing. When you are, when you have the opportunity to work through it. So I'm so grateful to be a member of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm grateful for abstinence, and I'm most significantly grateful to have tools that help me learn to be one among many.
0: And with that, I've helped. Thank you, Katie. And Kim G has stepped away from the line to offer her space for sharing to the next to the next share, and that would be Sheila. Good morning, Sheila.
13: Good morning, grateful I'm about to go in the tunnel so I might lose you guys Sheila H. New York, just wanted to share on this particular um, paragraph It means so much to me I mean, the thing that stuck out to me the most that I wanted to share Is that coming from the other side people thought if our loved ones would just put the alcohol down Everything would be true It's just not true sure. was just the beginning Because they no longer have the substance that anesthetized their pain So the fear and the pain, all of that is up front All of that is real and so, very true for the compulsive overeater. Because once you put down the food, just like the alcoholic puts down the drink, you see your fears are there, the pain is there, the resentment is there, all of that's there. Now you're not to turn to these things until so you turn to a higher power. You know, I am so grateful to God that, that I came into this program because I would have never seen my disease. And putting down substance is only the beginning. The work with the steps, your relationship with God is the only thing that will pull you through. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Sheila. Kim G., we do have three more minutes. I would like to offer that to you to share, please. If she's not available, would one more person like to take us to the end of our time today with sharing for three minutes? Hi, this is Judy F. Hi, good morning, Judy F. You got it. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Melanie. Good morning, Visionaries. Judy F., Recover compulsive Reader from Massachusetts. Uh, This is just packed full on how to live. You know, you will be learning to live. In right relationship with, and I'm I'm adding in right relationship with God and others, and it's being honest that you know just putting down our um, you know the the substance just is not enough. I mean, I had a living problem, not just a problem with food. I had problems with people, places, situations because of my deep down self-centered fear and me trying to run the show. And um, I, I learned um, early on in getting back, you know, how to live with others. If if my husband has, you know, a differing point of view or I don't agree, I've learned to say, oh, that's an interesting idea. And <laughs> it really, it just kind of neutralizes things. And that's where how we live. We live faith um, and peace is much more um, valuable to me than being right. And I needed to be reminded of that and I needed help on how to live in peace with things going around and people not doing what I I want them to do. And that's what these steps helped me to do to get into right relationship with with myself, with God, and then with others um, working the amend steps and, and step 10. And this is how we can live with, um, you know, and we don't have to go back to the food. But I had a living problem, and the steps helped me on how to live in peace and right relationship and in humility. And with that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Now we will close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer will Diane B. please read A Vision for You? A book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Diane B.
14: Good morning. Uh, Let's see. Okay, page 164. Our book is... oh, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Diane. I'm a compulsive eater recovered for today from New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.